0: We're just besties <laughs> it's true we're just besties we can't help it we always be chattering i know we we do be chattering <laughs> it honestly makes recording a podcast difficult <laughs> because i'm always it does. like i'm like i just want to say something to you and then i'm like huh ah, this would be good content <laughs> yeah that would be good content
1: and also it's like We just talk all the time about random stuff. So it's like
0: when we finally start recording, we're like, um, what do we say? Oh my God. And I can never remember if I've told a story on the podcast before, if I've just told you before. Oh yeah. So I'm always like, sorry listeners, if I'm repeating myself a lot, but I literally can't remember what I just talk about and what I talk about on the podcast. (laughs) Literally
1: can't keep straight between our podcast selves and our real live selves that just FaceTime each other all the time. guys i'm caroline and i'm natalie and we're easily distracted a weekly podcast where no topic is too off topic in this episode i'll be giving you a rundown on what you might have missed this week and that we'll be doing a deep dive on deep dives
0: let's dive in get so it much diving there's just <laughs>
1: so much diving going on i can't wait i'm excited oh <gasps> oh dang it what renee was just playing renee rap remember how we talked oh about i her? forgot to listen to her new album oh you haven't listened to it yet no, I mean, I'm saying that as if I've listened to it. I haven't. I was listened gonna to say, it oh, it
0: sounds like you have. No, no,
1: no. Oh, okay, I'm. We we know me. I'm so bad at listening to new music. I know me too. I love music, and I love like hearing new music. I'm also at the same time so bad at listening to new music and forcing myself to listen to things other than Taylor Swift and Noah Kahn. At this point,
0: I literally only listen to Taylor Swift. Or an audiobook. That's it. And so I have to kind of force myself to listen to other music. But while I was researching this topic, I had Olivia Rodrigo's new album in the background.
1: Okay, and? It's good. It's good. I've honestly... Okay, I've listened to it just when it came out. And then I haven't since. And did we talk about it last week? I forget. I no, can't we did I don't think we did. I just like... I didn't love it. It was a little too try hardy 2000s for me. Mm-hmm. I liked the slower songs, but the ones that were like different, it just felt too much like she's trying to be like super 2000s aesthetic, which yeah. a lot of people will like that. And I, I think it's still really well done. And I think she has like a great voice and stuff. It's just not for me, you know?
0: I think it'll really resonate with like high school or high school girls yeah. for sure. Yeah. But I do really like Vampire. I think Vampire is really good. I do too. Yeah. I that think... one was a single first, so like I don't know how much it counts, but I mean it it's still been counts out for but... a little bit. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I agree. There's this one, the first song that's on the album. I don't even know the name of it, but she does this like really like she does like a scream and it's like supposed to be like a like a teenage anguishy <laughs> scream and it like made me want to die. Like I hated it. <laughs> Like Next. I, which I might be a hater for this, and it's probably so bad, but I just I really disliked it. Like I was listening to it, and I was like,
0: "Ah, my ears!" Like, <laughs>
1: <laughs> All
0: American bitch. I think. it is. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Wait.
1: Pause this and listen to it because I want to see your reaction.
0: Okay. 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 Hold, please. Yeah. Why did that
1: go on for so long? I know. I really... I'm like... We're probably haters and millennials who aren't into the (laughs) teenage rage, but I just, like, really disliked it.
0: I just don't understand why it was necessary for it to go on so long
1: yeah and it's that was even a lot worse like because usually when a new album comes out i like to listen to it on my tv so i'll go to like the youtube like lyric videos that the artists
0: upload usually oh i and feel like that that is a millennial move of you it
1: for sure
0: is it's kind Looking of embarrassing up the lyric videos <laughs> on
1: youtube
0: i can't believe i just casually mentioned that <laughs> that horrified me and i'm older than you
1: Oh my god. Okay, continue. Oh my God, embarrassing. But so they have a rehearsal of her doing it, of doing that song. The scream's even worse. And I listened oh. to this. I I actually want you to pull that up too and watch it because it's oh even no. worse watching it. I was like, I actually the can't lyric do it. video. No, no, it's not a lyric video. It's just on her like YouTube channel of her doing a rehearsal for it. So it's like her live singing it.
0: Live from rehearsal.
1: Oh my. Yeah, didn't like it. So sorry if... I I mean, I feel like the majority of our listeners are... <laughs> Our age and older, so I don't think anybody's going to be too offended by us disliking that. But I mean, it's just really giving like two thousands Avril Lavigne, which I get because we yeah, obviously because we that. ate
0: that up back yeah. in the day.
1: So it's like I get it. Like people who are in high school are gonna love it. You know, I get it.
0: I I dressed up See, as think- Avril Lavigne for three years for Halloween.
1: No, you did not. What
0: I did, I like borrowed one of Dad's Wait. actual ties like that he wore to work <laughs> i was just dressed up like a because it was literally like jeans a button-down shirt a tie i literally just looked like a little corporate girl <laughs> i made mom buy me converse and that was oh it oh my that gosh was my whole costume i it's a
1: great costume i love it
0: and i'm sure there's gonna be little girls this year dressed up like olivia Rodrigo. i actually even saw a tiktok that was like cool unique costume and it was like dress up like the sour cover and it was just like put stickers on your face and stick oh, your tongue out. It was like That's kind of really a costume.
1: It's, it's not a cute costume, idea.
0: but I get it. I'm here for it. Yeah. Anyway. What you up to? <laughs> um I don't know. I well I finished <laughs> last week. I think I talked about the Jessica Redlin book that I was reading. And um, I finished it and I started the next one in the series this week. I'm, I don't know, maybe halfway through it. And I, I'm i really liking this one. I actually like it. Uh, let me look it up. I think it's like Seaside Blooms or something like that. That sounds cute. All of her books are so cute. They I definitely, oh, New Beginnings at Seaside Blooms. Oh, that sounds so freaking cute. This one is really cute. And one thing that I like about this one is, the main character has like really funny um, like what's it called when like an inner monologue. Oh, which yeah. Jessica Redland has really done in the other books, but I was telling you about this earlier, but I wanted to repeat it on the podcast that reading these books now in order, because I realized that I read the last three in the series, the most recent three, I read those three first, but yeah. I read them out of order And then now I'm going back and I'm reading the first, I don't know, four or five in the series. Yeah. In order. And now I'm like, wait a minute. I thought these were all just standalone stories taking place in the same town. They actually are in an order for a reason. And all the characters are connected. I really, really hate to be the
1: bearer of bad news. You talked about this on the last podcast.
0: I swear I just talked... Because I didn't start this book until after we recorded the last podcast. I know, but you were
1: talking about how you wanted to. How you were going to read it.
0: I know. I'm saying my update since the last podcast episode is that I started the second book and then I realized all the books are connected. You already realized that. I talked to you about that on FaceTime. And then we (laughs) afterwards said, I should have waited to tell you that until the podcast recording. Are we sure? See, it's happening. Guys, check us. But I'm pretty sure Caroline and I were just FaceTiming about it and we laughed about it. (laughs) And then we were laughing about it and we were like, damn it, I should have waited to tell you that until we're recording the podcast.
1: I like swore you had talked about it. But you know what? I'm probably just gaslighting you right now then because I really thought you already talked about that. But I guess not.
0: I talked about reading Jessica Redlin books and deciding to read them in order because I've liked her books so much. But the realization that reading them in order matters yeah i didn't realize until this book which i didn't start until after the last podcast episode that is I so funny though.
1: that is so funny though that you just like had no idea and you were just reading them
0: i thought they were one-offs it, this is my bad because i started with let me look i started with book number this is gonna be my like villain origin story the fact that you're trying to gaslight me right now <laughs> I really thought you had already talked about it, but maybe not. Freaking Goodreads doesn't have all of the – doesn't have them numbered correctly. Can we pause it for a second? Yeah. Can you say that again? Now we're (laughs) recording. (laughs) So,
1: fact-checking. Natalie was right. We literally just went back to the last episode and listened, and she did not mention this. So
0: I talked about it in FaceTime with you, and then you literally told me – you should have waited to tell me this until we're recording the podcast. See,
1: I just can't keep up with it all. You can't blame me. But I concede. I, you were right.
0: <laughs> but, uh, so I went back and I looked. So I read book number six in the series first. Then I read <laughs> book seven. Then I read book five. And now I'm going back and I'm reading book, I read book one and now I'm reading book two. <laughs> Love how you didn't even start with like book three. It was book seven. Like you just <laughs> and because it took me after I finished book six to realize that it's a series.
1: <laughs> I mean, I get that if they all have different like titles that don't say like like you know how we're reading like the Shady Hollow books that say like the Shady Hollow series or something. Like yeah, I could see how you could get confused and think they were just like separate books.
0: Okay, but here is the thing too. Oh, it took me reading 5 of them <laughs> to realize that they're connected. That's a lot to read. I've read 5 of these books. I feel like it should have taken you I'm going to give you 3. Because I was like, wait a minute. I feel like what they've talked about
1: this character in another <laughs> one of these books. <laughs> I feel like I'm going to give you that it should have taken you 3 books to realize that.
0: Cuz they're not it's not a continuous story, but like like one of the characters who plays a kind of main role in the first book is an employee of the main character of book five. And it's so, and she plays like a little minor, like minor role in book five and it's like stuff like that. But I'm like, wow, it really took me that long to realize that it's a series and they're all connected. Rip. Oh man. Anyway. Oh, also like funny story. I can't even remember if I told you this over text today or not. Funny story for today is that my work laptop was, like, making a lot of weird noises. Oh, yeah! And, <laughs> and I went to IT, and I was like, my laptop's making a bunch of weird noises. And the guy was like, oh, your fans are probably dirty. Let me clean them for you. He brings my computer back, and he was like, this is going to take, like, 10 minutes. He comes back, like, 35 minutes later, and he was like, do you have a cat? Or a <laughs> lot of cats. <laughs> a lot of cats! And I was like, I have a cat and a dog. And he was like, yeah, I can tell. That is like so embarrassing. It was like you had a lot of cat fur in your computer. I literally think I would have been like, oh,
1: I, I don't know who did that. That that's not my laptop. Like
0: And literally like everyone on my team at work was like sitting all around me and everybody busted out laughing.
1: That is so funny.
0: Uh, so that's my funny story of the day
1: I'm surprised my laptop doesn't have so much hair in it because my like where my desk is it's right next to Finn's tower where there is like a thick layer of his fur on there
0: well who knows maybe it is I didn't know my computer was full of cat hair until it started making awful noises yesterday and that is so funny
1: anyway should we get into what you might have missed this week yes yes
0: Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and yes. <laughs> okay. So, everybody, quiet up and listen down. It that for I-, <laughs> <laughs> I
1: can't believe you just said that right. I feel like I wouldn't have remembered. What is it? Quiet down and listen up. Or wait yeah. no no I did no I literally oh. messed it up already.
0: Quiet up and listen down. Did I yeah. even say it right? Wait I don't know I, don't I know can't you. remember. Scratch that reverse it. <clears throat> oh,
1: yes, Lily did not like that.
0: All right so tell me what I missed this week.
1: <sighs> tell me what I'm missing. So first up we're starting with book news because I feel like we don't usually start with book news when we do what you might have missed this week, but. So on today, which is September 12th, for people who are listening in the future, the book You Again by Kate Goldbeck just came out today. So this book is a modern retelling of When Harry Met Sally, which is so- Oh, that's fun. Yeah, I think it sounds so cute. It's been described as, this is what it says on Goodreads, A commitment-phobe and hopeless romantic clash over and over again until heartbreak and unexpected chemistry bring them together in this clever enemies-to-friends-to-lovers debut romance. So it sounds really cute. Everybody's, like, super excited for it. Like, I already looked on TikTok, and so many people have reviewed it and, like, absolutely love it. So it's also supposedly inspired by a Raylo fanfic, which you already love one of those. Love Hypothesis. So – We'll see how this one is, but also the cover looks super cute and, like, super fall, so I think it it's going to be a really good, like, fall contemporary romance read, so I'm excited. It's on my TBR list.
0: Oh, that does look really cute in fall. hmm Doesn't it look so cute? Yeah.
1: So I'm really excited about it. It's definitely going to be on my list because I haven't read, like, a good, cute romance in a while, and this one's apparently supposed to be really funny, too, and, like, have really funny, awkward moments, so... Should be a good one for this fall. Cute. Okay, so next in some kind of sad news. Not sad, but disappointing, I would say. Drew Barrymore announced on Sunday that her talk show will be returning for its fourth season amid the SAG and
0: WGA strikes. Ugh. I was so upset when I saw that. Yeah. I think it's pretty disappointing. I saw because I follow her on social media and I saw her Instagram post first Mm -hmm. and she worded it in a way where it was almost like made you think that she was trying to do it in a good way. Mm -hmm. But like definitely as soon as I read it, I was like, she didn't really directly address the elephant in the room of whether or not she like struck a deal with SAG and WGA. Mm hmm to make sure that her show can continue going yeah and so it's like it i was like it feels like she's like being a scab without wanting to be a scab like without wanting to admit it because it like taints her image of being like a cool person (laughs) oh for sure and i mean it's like it's
1: kind of a little complicated honestly once i like read into it a little bit i was like this is like definitely tiptoeing it so like obviously people who are in support of the strike are saying like she's crossing picket lines by resuming her show. But so as like as a talk show, it's covered by a different part of the SAG contract that is actually not part of the strike. So technically, as long as she does not discuss like movies or like promote any tv shows or like movie projects or anything she's not violating the the sag Mm. strike guidelines but at the same time the show is also covered under the wga's film and tv contract which is part of the strike Hmm. so she would be she's returning to the show without her wga writers because a lot of people are kind of like Like, I feel like a lot of people don't realize that a lot of these, like, talk shows, they do have writers. Like, it's not just off-the-cuff talking. Like, she has writers who come up with questions, who come up with lines for her, who come up with jokes. Like, I mean, that's like with any talk show, really. They have writers doing that for them. So she's returning without those WGA writers, but technically she's not violating the SAG contract because she's not part of that – con. like, she's part of the – technically like the news and like the reporter contract and that's not up until 2024 like until i think it's like spring 2024 or something Uh interesting so that's why it's kind of complicated because like at first you're completely like yeah she's a scab which i still think like this is not cool like i think a lot of people are
0: it's not cool to the writers
1: yeah i completely agree but it's definitely it's a weird line and she's towing it for sure
0: Yeah, and it's also, like, I feel like, obviously, it's not 100% her fault, because she probably has a very large influence in it coming back, Mm -hmm. but ultimately, it comes down to, like, the networks, and so it's, like, they could tell her, either you come back and you make more content, or your show's over, so.
1: Yeah. Um, But, I mean, even in her, like, statement, she said, like, I fully support this decision. Like, she... I'm looking for the exact quote that she had.
0: Not great, not great. Yeah. Not a good look.
1: Yeah, she said, I own this choice. That may have my name on it, but this is bigger than just me. So, like, she said, like, she, like, fully owns what she's doing for this. So mm-hmm. everybody's definitely disappointed in it. And I guess we'll see what happens, which is sad because I liked Drew Barry more. I know you're not like I know people are always like don't have
0: like these what do they call them? Like like don't put people on a pedestal kind of no it's like those like relationships that like like parasocial relationships. Parasocial
1: relationships. Yeah. Not necessarily thinking that I have a parasocial relationship with her but like I definitely was like she's a good person like I thought she was a good person you know
0: yeah and I really like have supported everything she does and I think she's obviously like a great interviewer like if yeah. you see any clips of the interview she does on her show she like oh she's like super engaging and like mm-hmm. a great talk show host like her and Kelly
1: Clarkson I both thought were like great additions to like the talk show host rounds you know mm-hmm. I I mean, I don't know much about Kelly Clarkson's stuff because I definitely have seen more clips of Drew Barrymore's, but I guess we'll see what happens. Yeah. So in other news, what is happening right now as we speak, I literally have it on the TV behind me right now, is the (laughs) MTV Music Video Awards, which this was like the first time that I've watched them in a very long time. I actually think I watched them in 2020, During COVID, because they had them in like an isolated studio and Taylor Swift was performing like folklore stuff. So, of course, I watched it then. (laughs) But then, like, before that, I haven't watched this in years. And tonight was the first time that I've been watching it. And it's actually a lot of fun. It's been like a fun watch. Like, it was really entertaining. Like, there are so many celebrities that were nominated and like attended. Like, there's a lot of people there. Taylor Swift's there. Selena Gomez was there. Um, a lot of huge, like, throwback celebrities, too. Like, In Sync presented, Ashanti oh, cool. presented, like, Diddy just got an award, um, Shakira got an award, and like, she did a huge performance, which was really good, too. So, I mean, we're saying this as news because what you might have missed, this will come out on Friday, but it's happening right now as we speak behind me.
0: That's the one that has the, the little spaceman, right? That's what yeah. the, yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. This was the one that
1: Kanye stole. Or, like, Kanye interrupted Taylor and, like, jumped yeah, up on the stage. Yeah, for Album at. of
0: the Year, right? Or something? No, was- it
1: was music video. It was, like, the biggest one, which yeah. for this show, it's music video of the year. Mm. But, yeah. So, this is, like, the one. And this is the one where all, of like, these famous moments happened where, like, Lady Gaga showed up in a meat dress. That yep. happened. And the iconic, like, Britney Spears snake moment. That happened mm-hmm. at MTV Music Awards or Video Music Awards. So a lot of iconic things happen at this awards show. But tonight, Taylor Swift, obviously, has the most nominations for the night with 11 nominations in different categories. And that includes the major three, which are Video of the Year, Artist of the Year, and Song of the Year. And so far, she won Song of the Year. And she's she's won... Um, antihero. It's all. It's basically like all for antihero.
0: Mm. I was gonna say, I bet antihero would get best like video of the year.
1: Yeah, that's like I think she's gonna get it. I that's my prediction that she's gonna get it. But yeah, she won best pop music video and best song so far. Those mm. are the big two, or those are the two that she's won so far that they've announced. Oh, they're about to announce another one. I don't know what it is yet.
0: Side note, great Halloween costume idea is being an anti hero ghost with the like <gasps> floral oh my God, fun. sheets. That
1: would be so cute. Floral yeah, sheets and fun so sunglasses.
0: Fun. That would be a lot of fun. I like that idea. Especially if you have a group and you can all be like the different ghosts.
1: Yeah, if you're all Swifties, that would be a lot of fun. That'd be
0: a cool costume to do. I
1: like it. Did you just come up with that right now?
0: Mm-hmm. As I nice. was thinking about it, yeah. <laughs> I still got to come up with my costume because I'm really hoping we get trick or treaters. And oh, so I hope you do. I got to dress up for it. I didn't even
1: think about that that you might get trick or treaters now that you're in a house, but you're also not really in a neighborhood, so I don't know.
0: I hope you do though. Yeah. Should we give away my exact address and ask if anyone knows if I will get trick or treaters?
1: Yeah, it's called 123 Suck My Butt Drive. <laughs>
0: <laughs> anyway,
1: so that literally what are we talking about? The MTV Music Awards. So with the next Person with the most nominations is SZA and she has six nominations. So I haven't, she hasn't won any yet. Not at least oh, not no. that I've seen, <laughs> but yeah, it's just been fun. So I guess we'll see my prediction for sure is that Taylor Swift, I think it's either going to be Taylor Swift or Olivia Rodrigo for music video of the year. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah, because also, so one of the awards was like best new artist of the year And how you vote is through Snapchat. So they're really catering to Gen Z because
0: I was like, I'm
1: not, I'm not voting on that. Like I'm not going to Snapchat and like putting in stuff for that. I'm
0: just not doing that. Mm -hmm.
1: But yeah, so that's what you might have missed this week.
0: All right. So I'm doing the deep dive this week and I'm doing my deep dive about deep dives. So (gasps) Um, this was, okay, so let's throw it back a little bit. When we first came up with the concept of this show, it was, like, based on what we were, like, Googling that week. We were going to, like, each kind of pick something that had piqued our interest that week and we, like, deep-dived into. And so I have, like, a running list of different topics. And this one came up because of, obviously, the, like, submarine thing earlier this year. And so now I just wanted to revisit that topic and talk about different deep dives in submarines into the Mariana Trench. It's very interesting. And
1: also a funny side note is on our last episode for the like our last season, i was gonna do this because i didn't know what else to do and natalie was like this is something i've been interested in and wanted to do if you like want to steal it it's fine so Mm -hmm. i started researching it and then we decided let's just chit chat because neither of us felt like doing research so (laughs) this was gonna be my topic at one point too that i stole from natalie
0: i wonder how far you got into how much of this you will have known
1: I'm wondering that too. I guess we'll see. I'll, okay. I'll tell you. I'll, you know what? How about I just go, I know that. Every single time <laughs> you say something. No. I already knew that. I already no. knew that. That's going to be so annoying. <laughs> Don't do that. <laughs> <laughs>
0: All right. <clears throat> so let's start with just kind of like what is the deepest part of the ocean. So bathymetry is the study of underwater depths of bodies of water. underwater depths of bodies of water that is like that seems like a roundabout definition but it includes oceans rivers and lakes and bathymetric data is the data you collect of like deep bodies of water and you can use that data to create maps which depict the seafloor and that is depicted using colors and contour lines and depth contours or isobaths and I can post a link to the current data map of the ocean right now. It's pretty interesting to look at just what we currently know as the contour of the ocean. So there's four different zones, the Littoral, Bathill, Abyssal, and Haddle. And the Haddle zone is the deepest part of the ocean. And that includes anything that is deeper than six kilometers or 3.7-ish miles. I was just going to ask for that in miles because I yeah. was like, whoa. And for the most part, during this episode, I'm going to be talking about depth in terms of feet, just because that's kind of like the measurement that's easiest to determine the difference between two gotcha. different missions, because they're all within like a few feet of each other, which is pretty crazy. Okay, so in general, the ocean has an average depth of approximately 2.3 miles or 3.7 kilometers. And that calculation is based off of satellite measurements from 2010 And that put the average depth at about 12,080 feet. However, at that time, only about 10% of the Earth's seafloor have been mapped to high resolution. Wow. And so that's like as best as we know. When I kept like looking up information about the Mariana Trench, what was so interesting was it kept saying like, this is the deepest point of the ocean that we know of. Which Ooh. weirded me out because I was like, what do you mean that we know of? Like, how to? I didn't realize until I did this deep dive just how little we know about the ocean and even just something as basic as how deep it is. Oh, yeah. It's crazy how little we know about the ocean. Yeah. So in 2010, we only had scans and knew about 10% of the ocean sea floor. And then in 2020, that number has only increased to 20%. That's just actually more than I thought, honestly.
1: Like, I thought you were going to say that it's only been up to, like, 2% or something. Because, I mean, the ocean is just so freaking huge that I'm like, how do we know 20% of it already?
0: Yeah, I just think with, like, satellite scans and the deep sea missions that we've been able to do, to me, it was shocking to find out that we only know 20%. Yeah, that's true. Okay, so the Mariana Trench, which is located in the Pacific Ocean, that's the deepest point in the ocean. And the actual deepest point of the Mariana Trench is called the Challenger Deep. Mm -hmm. And that is... And again, this is that we know so far. Mind boggling. and. It's approximately 11 kilometers deep, which is deeper than Mount Everest is tall. That's wild. Yeah. And so it's named after the HMS Challenger, whose crew first sounded the depths of the trench in 1875. How did they do that in 1875? I tried to look that up and I could not find a technical explanation of how they did it. Everyone just kept saying they sounded it, which I'm guessing means that they use some form of like like sound waves. <laughs> Why
1: am I just imagining them like sitting on the boat with like a big gong and being like how long did that take or something like <laughs> I don't know. just like something <laughs> silly like that. Like I don't know. I guess I'm not giving people of the past a lot of credit for how much they knew.
0: Um if you want to look at our pictures that we have, if you look at the picture HMS Challenger, that's what the ship looked like. And it's just kind of crazy to see. I included pictures of all of the different submarines so we could like look at them as we talk about it. And it's just crazy to see how far these trips have come since this one. I mean, that literally looks like
1: it looks like a ship you would see from like Pirates of the Caribbean. Like that's what you would imagine.
0: Yep. So the voyage of the HMS Challenger lasted a thousand days. It covered more than 68,000 nautical miles. And many consider it to be the first true oceanographic expedition. The HMS Challenger was originally designed as a British warship. But in 1870, Dr. C. Wyville Thompson suggested that the Royal Society of London ask the British government to use its ship for an extended research cruise. And yeah, they used the depth sounding to discover the trench, which they believed was over 8,200 meters deep, a.k.a. 26,902 feet at the time. But since technology has advanced, we've discovered that it's actually much, much deeper than they thought. Wow. Yeah. And at the voyage's conclusion, one of the scientists on board, John Murray, declared, it's the greatest advance in knowledge of our planet since the celebrated discoveries of the 15th and 16th centuries. Wow. I just thought that was crazy because he was thinking like, wow, this is the biggest discovery since the 15th and 16th centuries. And it's like, what? (laughs) That's so
1: old. (laughs) I know. And also, I mean, maybe I'm really not giving them much credit, but like, what did they learn in between then? Like, they still had no idea dinosaurs
0: existed. Trying to think back to our dinosaur episode. When did they first discover fossils? Not until like the 70s or something. Wait. Wait. That's a
1: lie. That's That's not true. That's (laughs) simply not true. That's actually really dramatic. I think it was more...
0: (laughs) I think it was like the 1800s or 1700s. Yeah,
1: but I know... No, I know like our founding fathers, because everyone jokes like, oh, you want to listen to them when they didn't even know there were dinosaurs alive. What I think I'm thinking of is that the T-Rex wasn't discovered or something until Mm. like later. Gotcha. When were I just sounded like a friggin' idiot. <laughs> oh, wait, no. First dinosaur fossils were recognized in the early 19th century. Wow. Generally accepted that the first discovery of dinosaur remains was made in 1854.
0: Huh. Okay. So that was a little bit, that was like 15 years before this expedition. Yeah. So they were kind of just at the precipice of modern science. Yeah. Yeah. So the Mariana Trench is 2,500 kilometers long. It runs north to south in a crescent shape, and it's located in the Western Pacific Ocean near the Mariana Islands. That's where it gets its name. And so the extreme depth of the trench is caused by subduction where two tectonic plates converge and one descends under the other. So that's what creates like the extreme depth. Mm hmm. While we are learning a lot about the ocean floor all the time, even though we only know 20% of it, we still know less about the ocean floor than we do about Mars or the moon. Really? That's crazy to think about, too. Especially because we haven't even been to Mars yet. Like, we have a Mars rover, but we haven't had a manned trip to Mars. That's why I had to think about that for a second, because I was like, wait. Wait a minute.
1: They've done it a lot in movies. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, that's true. they have done it in movies. So we basically do know what we're talking about.
0: Okay, so let's actually talk about deep sea exploration. Uh, researchers often say that traveling into space is easier than plunging to the bottom of the ocean. There's been 12 astronauts that have spent a collective total of 300 hours on the lunar surface, but only this is actually outdated. but up until 2019, there were only 3 people who spent a collective total of about 3 hours exploring the Challenger Deep. Wow. That's as of 2019. It's it's expanded a lot since then. Yeah. So, there's three main factors why deep sea exploration is very difficult. Extremely high pressure of having so much water on top of you, super low temperatures, and there's essentially no light at all.
1: I think what's the craziest thing to think about is the pressure. Mm-hmm. Like even just going down, like, I remember when we did, like, the snuba thing, which was, like, not even real, like, scuba diving. It was just, like, into a little reef that was – I think we even only went, like, 20 feet down or something. Like, yeah, it was barely anything. Even that, I remember I could, like, already feel the pressure of it. So, I – like, it's insane to fathom how much pressure is down there mm-hmm. from the water. It's – Yeah.
0: Like, it's crazy. It's kind of terrifying. I honestly don't know if I was given the opportunity to do a deep sea mission as much as that's like an exciting and life changing kind of expedition to take. I honestly don't know if I'd be able to do it. No,
1: I know. No, no. I would too spooky. I like (laughs) I I get really claustrophobic and I like there's no way in hell I would be able to do that. Like absolutely no way.
0: Yeah. Okay, so a major step forward in human exploration came in 1960, which honestly kind of boggles my mind that that long ago they were able to do this. But the Trieste Bathyscaphe, which is basically a free diving submersible ship, took its trip to the Challenger Deep, and that was the first manned trip to the trench. Oh, wow. Yeah, in 1960. This submarine carried a Swiss engineer named Jacques Picard. And a U.S. Navy Lieutenant, John Walsh. And they were able to reach a record depth of 35,797 feet. So that was the deepest ever at that point? Yep. So as they descended down, there there's actually like a very detailed record of every step along the way of their descent, which was pretty wow. interesting. So I just pulled out a couple of like highlights that I thought were kind of cool. So as they descended, it started to cool within the sphere that they were in. And so they changed into dry warm clothing and Walsh actually had a quote about his experience and he said, it is quite an operation to see two grown men changing clothes in a space 38 inches square and only five feet eight inches high. Yeah, I can't even imagine trying to change clothes like in that small of a space with somebody. Yeah, two grown men in that that small of a space. Yeah. And so once they reached about 10,000 feet deep, A small leak actually started to happen in one of the stuffing tubes that uh, was that brought the electrical wires into the sphere. But as they passed 15,000 feet deep because of the steel expanding, the leak actually closed itself off. And then once they got to about 18,000 feet deep, another leak (laughs) happened and water flow increased as they went deeper. But that also stopped as they went even further down. Why the fuck would they keep going? They're crazy. It's 1960. I guess they didn't care. That's So Right? Literally, they're in this little tiny contraption, this little square, and water starts leaking in when they're 18,000 feet deep in the ocean. I can't even... And then it just stops. I, mean, I,
1: I wonder if at that point they... They probably made some kind of calculations to be, like, we, like, either wouldn't make it up back in time or, like, it would get worse, like, because, like, the pressure helped it. Like, I wonder if it would have gotten worse if they went the
0: opposite way and, like, more water would have rushed in. I honestly don't know because reading the quotes from these guys, they seem so casual about this whole entire thing. So I don't know. (laughs) Um, so as they approached thirty-two thousand four hundred feet down, they felt a strong shock wave and a mild muffled noise, and they were quoted saying the sphere rocked as though we were on land and going through a mild earthquake. What? Walsh had also further stated that we waited anxiously for what might happen next. Nothing did. We turned off the instruments and the underwater telephones so that we could hear better. Still nothing. And so the two scientists locked eyes. And they just shrugged and without any formal discussion decided to just continue the dive even though they felt a big shock. (laughs) This is what I'm telling you. They were just so casual about it. (laughs) They were just like, I guess we should keep
1: going. (laughs) My, I mean, maybe they just like were like, okay, let's just not think about it and let's just keep going. But literally I feel like my first thought would have been like, that was a giant squid coming after Mm -hmm. us and that we're gonna die.
0: Let me tell you. It took all of my energy while researching this to not just fall down the rabbit hole of giant squids. So I'll have to, maybe that can be a future topic because I just like, I just kept wanting to search up about giant squids. Or maybe we can (laughs)
1: bring back side tangent because we just completely decided to neglect that after we did one side tangent. Oh my gosh.
0: I could do like five side tangents about (laughs) this topic alone. (laughs) So once they hit 33,000 feet deep, the fathom meter, which I guess like reads how close you are to the bottom, What just turned blank, which means no bottom. And so they just kept slowly descending. And at 36,000 feet deep, Pickard joked, do you think we missed the floor? And Walsh replied in his characteristic dry manner, probably not. (laughs) And so I'm telling you, these guys were just joking. (laughs) What? Yeah. That is actually so funny. Do you think we missed the floor? (laughs) Because the meter just went blank, which reads that there is no floor. (laughs) What? Yeah. And so eventually the tree stay quietly hovered a few feet above the muddy bottom at what they read as 37,800 feet deep. And that's what their depth gauge read. But it turned out that that was not correctly calibrated. And the correct depth was later rendered more precise at 35,797 feet deep. Wow. And they spent about 20 minutes on the ocean floor. And then eventually Pickard dropped two tons of ballasts. And that's what started their ascent to the top. Mm -hmm. And at that point, they were basically on an express elevator to the surface. But still, that trip to the surface took them three hours and 27 minutes. And that was with them traveling at three feet per second, or about two miles an hour. That is like so crazy to think like it, just the
1: descent up to, I guess it wouldn't be descent ascent, like how long it takes. Like I would be like, get me out of here. Like I'm ready to yeah. go up. Like just
0: where's the express lane to get up there? Yeah, we'll just wait at, to hear the difference. So that took them three and a half hours. And then for the next trip after that, it drastically drops down of how long it takes. So once they reached kind of close to the surface, all of a sudden they felt super cold because for about five hours they had been inside of this little vessel that had an inside temperature of about 45 degrees Fahrenheit. And so to warm up, they ate chocolate, which they only brought a couple of bars of chocolate and that was the only food that they carried on this submarine. (laughs) So they were just like freezing the whole time? Yeah, but I guess they were probably so like, their nerves were so high that they didn't Yeah, even that notice. they were just like used to it and they just had chocolate. And all they brought was <laughs> you bring? chocolate.
1: If you could only bring one thing onto a submarine down there, what would you bring?
0: a big pitcher of margarita (laughs) (laughs) a giant spicy margarita that is it i would be drinking for my life if i was gonna be on the ocean floor and there was gonna be leaks around me and it was gonna be 45 degrees i'm drinking a shit ton of margarita you know what i like that answer you're
1: right you're right i would i was gonna i was literally gonna say like doritos like i don't fucking know (laughs) even though those would like explode in a second from the air pressure in the bag like you know when you go up on an airplane and you have like a bag of chips and it gets like all inflated. Yeah, that's, that's what <laughs> it would, would be happen. The
0: opposite, it would like crush in. <gasps> You're right. It would turn into Dorito dust. So in the end, the tree stay had descended through 35,797 feet deep into the Challenger Deep, which was a record that was not broken until April 2019. By, I think I know who. You don't. <laughs> yeah, I do. I can almost guarantee you don't know. I think I do know. If you're going to say James Cameron, you're incorrect. I know it's not him. I
1: know it's this random, like, famous explorer slash, like, philanthropist
0: rich guy. Because oh, yeah. This... It's all rich guys. Yeah. Let's Because this was a part that I looked up to for mine. Okay. Well, let's move on to, so the next trip, literally the next trip to the Challenger Deep wasn't until March 26th of 2012 when James Cameron went down. And so from 1960 to 2012, no one else, no other manned trips happened. And so James Cameron took his vertical torpedo (laughs) down to the the Challenger Deep. So for the dive, Cameron designed a 24-foot long submersible vehicle called the Deep Sea Challenger. And Cameron was able to watch his descent, as he says, through a window that was about nine and a half inches thick. That's crazy. Yeah. So the total sub was about two and a half stories tall, and it included tools like a sediment sampler, robotic claw, slurp gun for sucking up small.
1: (laughs) You're a slurp gun. (laughs) I'm a what?
0: (laughs) For slurpies. Yeah. (laughs) But the slurp gun is used for sucking up small sea creatures. (laughs) The slurp gun? The slurp gun's kind of like a double burn because it sucks up small sea creatures like little shrimps.
1: Oh, poor guys. They just get slurped up. (laughs) The slurp gun? Could they really not have called
0: it anything else? (laughs) I just, I loved that, the slurp gun. It sounds like something out of uh, Despicable Me
1: yeah he's like
0: unleash the
1: slurp gun i can't do his voice (laughs) (laughs) he says "Uh, the only thing i know how to say in a groove voice is little girl you know how he says that
0: (laughs) yeah little girls he says like girls girls (laughs) okay so the tools included on his submarine was a sediment sampler a robotic claw a slurp gun a temperature gauge, and other devices that can measure salinity and pressure. So at the exact spot that Cameron visited, the water pressure was more than 16,000 pounds per square inch. And by the time that he reached the sea floor, several pieces of equipment had fallen prey to that pressure. And so he was quoted saying, a couple of my batteries are dangerously low, my compass is glitching, and the sonar has died completely. Plus, I've lost Two of the street three starboard thrusters, so the sub is sluggish and hard to control. So this thing was falling apart. <laughs>
1: Literally, how do these missions just keep going despite being like, my whole thing's falling apart, but let's just keep going. Why not?
0: <laughs> so to reach the ocean floor, the submarine relied on two 536 pound weights to basically pull it down and weight it down to the bottom of the ocean. And so to later rise up, he had to disconnect those weights from the craft. And he did that after about three hours of exploration. So he was down there for three hours. Wow. And the other guys were only down there for what? 20 minutes. 20 minutes. Yeah. Yeah. And so he said, this is a quote from him. I feel the sub buck and rock as it fires upward. I'm going over six knots, the fastest the sub has ever gone. And I'll be on the surface in less than an hour and a half. I imagine the pressure coming off the sub like a great python that was unable to crush it slowly, giving up its grip. A feeling of relief washes over me as the numbers progressively lower. Wow. Yeah. And so he, the last guys, it took them three and a half hours to get up to the top of the surface. And James Cameron, it only took him an hour and a half. Wow. So it like cut in half, right?
1: Yeah, I saw something on TikTok that said like, oh, your boyfriend can call you back. Like James Cameron answered his wife when he was in the Mariana Trench. And I'm trying <laughs> to look I'm trying to look up if that was
0: like accurate or if that was like real. Maybe I didn't see anything about that. So in the end, James Cameron's trip had reached 35,787 feet deep, which was just 10 feet shy of beating the record set by the tree stay. So
1: he could have just gone down a little bit more.
0: If he had gone down 11 feet further, he would have beat the record set by the wow. chest. He was probably pissed once he got back up there. He was like, gosh darn it. I honestly think he was just probably relieved. <laughs> yeah, that's true. But, yeah, I know I would have been. I would have been like, really? I did all of that and I was 10 feet away after traveling 35,787 feet?
1: <laughs> yeah, but I mean, he was down there for the longest time too, though.
0: Yeah, and he collected, like, a ton of data, so that was pretty cool. So retired U.S. Navy Captain Don Walsh, who had done the Challenger Deep Descent in 1960, said that he was very pleased to hear that Cameron had reached the underwater valley safely, and he was quoted saying, That was a grand moment to welcome him to the club. There's only three of us in it, and one of them, the late Swiss engineer Jack Picard, is dead. So now it's just Jim and myself. Wow. Wow. Yeah, so at that point in time in... Only two of them. In 2012, there's only two people alive on this earth who had reached the bottom of the
1: Mariana Trench. Could you imagine? I mean, okay, see, not too bad. He didn't beat it, but I mean, he was one of two people in the world. Two people on Earth, yeah.
0: So then it wasn't until May of 2019 when retired U.S. Navy Intelligence Officer Commander Victor Vescovo took his trip to the Challenger Deep that the Trieste record was broken. And that was the next trip down. Mm-hmm. And so he was only the fourth person to ever visit there. And he set a world record depth of 35,853 feet. And he spent four hours on the seafloor. So within the span of eight days, there were four dives total made with this crew, two of which were manned by Vescovo and two of which were manned by Patrick Leahy, who was the builder of their ship, The Limiting Factor. Oh, okay. So this mission actually was part of a greater mission called the five deeps in which teams led by Vescovo were going to explore the deepest points in each of the five oceans. So their first trip was in December, 2018 to the Puerto Rico trench. And so this was the first solo dive ever to the bottom of the deepest point of the Atlantic Ocean, where Victor had reached a depth of 8,376 meters at the Bronson deep, which is like the deepest crevice Mm -hmm. of that ocean. Their next trip was in February of 2019 to the South Sandwich Trench. So Victor became, yeah, Victor became the first human ever to reach the deepest point of the Southern Ocean, reaching a depth of 7,434 meters, and this was the deepest dive ever into a sub-zero hadal zone, which is again a reminder greater than 6,000 meters deep, and only the third ever solo dive below 7,000 meters deep.
1: It's also crazy hearing these depths and like they don't even come close to the Mariana Trench.
0: Yeah, no, they don't.
1: <laughs> yeah, because isn't the Mariana Trench like 12,000 kilometers? Or, I, mean, I think it was
0: 11,000 meters.
1: Yeah, meters. And these ones were six and 7,000,
0: which I mean, yeah. obviously insane. Still deep. super deep, yeah. Yeah. So then in April of 2019, he did the Java Trench, which he reached a depth of 7,192 meters. And he was the first person to reach the deepest point in the Indian ocean. And at the bottom of the trench footage was captured of a new species of snailfish among many other bottom dwelling organisms. And this hit all of his trips are in the name of science. That's basically like what he's trying to do and probably personal record. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, probably so in may 2019 that's when he did the mariana trench and that was the deepest dive that was ever recorded to go to the bottom of the challenger deep and that was a record-breaking depth of 10,924 meters and that was a record that haven't held since that crew from the 1960 trip and so it wasn't broken until 2019 which is super impressive for yeah, scientists in time 1960 yeah And he had also surpassed James Cameron's trip in 2012, and three new species of marine animal were discovered during that dive. That's awesome. I mean,
1: it's crazy to think how many are down there, like how many animals
0: that we just have no idea about are down there. I can't even like think about it because I'm sure it's just insane. A lot of spooky ones. Mm -hmm. But so cool, too. I don't know. It's just crazy. Again, giant squid. Giant. How can I not fall down that rabbit hole? How
1: can we not talk about the giant squid in the room?
0: <laughs> and so he finally did the fifth deep. It wasn't like the fifth mission, but he completed going to all five oceans in September of 2019. When he did a trip to the Malloy Deep, which the Malloy Deep is formed by gas explosion craters. And that lies 170 miles west of the island of Svalbard. Norway. I know where that is. Yeah, I've seen TikToks about that place. Yep. You might uh, know the girl from the girl who makes her like vlogs of Svalbard. Yep. So that trip took place 170 miles west of that island. And they did three successful dives that took place over the course of three days. Victor Vesco went by himself to complete the first man dive to the bottom of the Molloy Deep, reaching a bottom depth of 5,550 meters. And this dive took place 40 to 50 miles from an ice pack edge which was the most dangerous dive for them to complete even though it wasn't the deepest that's what i was gonna say even more so than the mariana trench yeah just because of how close it is to all the ice because like that could i guess damage the all of the equipment interesting yeah and so after their final dive victor vesco said i'm so proud of our entire extraordinary team that made the five deeps expedition possible It took us over four years to go from embracing the general mission to dive to the bottom of all of the world's oceans, something no government or organization has ever attempted, to building this amazing diving system and actually doing it. I still can't believe I've had the great privilege of getting to pilot the sub down to all of these places where no one has ever gone before. Who says there's nothing left to explore on this planet? There's plenty to explore and learn in our oceans. Wow. I mean, so true. Mic drop. But also I'm kind of like this is giving off like rich guy vibes because he talks about like how he was able to accomplish more than like any government or organization has ever accomplished just by being a rich guy.
1: I mean, but, that's so true.
0: Yeah, but I mean it is cool that he does all of this and he he does do it for science. So That's that cuz cool, that's but... what I
1: was going to say too. I mean, like he's not a scientist, but like at least he is doing this not just like how unfortunately the i don't even know what it's called what was it Oh, called? like the,
0: the space missions that yeah. all these billionaires have been doing
1: no, no no no. i just mean even the like what was it called the titan or whatever what happened oh, in- yeah. June. yeah how like they were just rich people like i'm a- i think there was one scientist on there but like at least for all of these he's doing it for like exploration like science mm-hmm.
0: yeah it's not just like a tourist trip Mm -hmm. And so their submarine, The Limiting Factor, has made a total of 19 trips to the Challenger Deep between April of 2019 and July of 2022. Wow. See, what I keep thinking with
1: these, because you know how you said like they for the Mariana Trench when they went on to that one, they did like what you said it was like four different expeditions, like four deep dives of the same thing, right? Of the same unit or whatever you call it?
0: Yeah, the same submarine made the trip four times, yeah. So
1: what I keep thinking about is, like, the amount of, like, wear and, like, tear that probably goes on in that, like, submarine, like, I would not want to be on the fourth trip down there.
0: I'd be like, I want to go
1: on, like, the second one. I think I would pick the second one to go down, where (laughs) it already went down once to make sure that it did well, but it's not onto the fourth one, where it's like, that thing's been dealing with thousands and thousands of pounds of pressure for days now.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. And now it's made 19 trips total. That's bonkers. And like when you look at the list on like Wikipedia of all of the trips to the Mariana Trench, it's like the one in 1960, James Cameron, then this one in 2019. And then there's one more that I'm going to talk about. And then it's like 18 trips from this one submarine. So yeah. they are the only ones who keep going back like multiple times. So it's kind of like a crazy feat that they have done it so many times successfully. Why?
1: They need to keep, they need to follow whatever they're doing with
0: that submarine to make sure, like, I mean, they obviously know what they're doing. Right? Okay. So then the only other submarine and crew to reach the bottom of the Challenger deep has been China's ship called the Fenduse. Sorry if I'm like totally butchering that. Or it's also called the Striver sub, which descended more than 33,000 feet in November of 2020. There was a three-person crew and they reached a depth of 35,790 feet. So to put this in perspective, that's three feet deeper than James Cameron went, seven feet shy of what the tree stay did, 63 feet shy of what the limiting factor did. And so this submarine was equipped with robotic arms to collect biological samples and sonar eyes that use sound waves to identify surrounding objects. It's making repeat dives to test its capabilities and it's carrying so much equipment that engineers added a bulbous forehead shape to this submarine that contains buoyant materials to just help keep the vessel in balance. And honestly, that is the only information I can find about this, like, trip, which is kind of bonkers. Yeah, I was going to say,
1: that's weird that there's not, like, these are usually, like, pretty publicized, like, when somebody's doing this. You would think there's just, like, a lot of, like, there would be more information on it. Like, just
0: from individual crew-wise, there's only been four submarines and crews who have been able to go down there yeah so it's kind of crazy that it's not like a bigger more publicized deal that this submarine was able to do it but it's it's like weird because the only like articles i could really find were chinese propaganda okay that well
1: that was going to be my next point that it like it was from china so i'm i'm wondering like
0: yeah, it's like the only information is either put out directly by the China, like by the Chinese government. And it was live streamed on, I forget what it's called, but like their social media that I think we can't access in America. Don't quote really? me on that. But it was live streamed. And the only articles I can find are like official statements by the Chinese government that are very like, you can tell they're very, like, structured. Um, are there, like, pictures of
1: of the submarine at all? Or, like, anything that we've been able to see?
0: <laughs> some. I found one that was included in the Wikipedia page. One picture. There's other pictures, but there's, like, some parts that are blurred out. And I think they're very much, like, wanting to protect their technology by, like, not really putting a lot of information out there. Yeah. But it's not like they're the first ones to do this. So, I don't know. I guess maybe they...
1: I mean, maybe there is some of this, like this, like the bulbous forehead and like some other things that are like new capabilities that they don't want us to have. Yeah, us as in like the whole world, I guess. Too.
0: I think from what I remember, their main competition, from what I was like reading in these articles, is Japan. Actually, interesting because they were talk because their missions are science based, but also they're based on wanting to mine precious material from the ocean floor. Mm-hmm. And they were in like the statement that I read, they were directly competing with Japan to mine these like precious materials from the ocean floor. Do you know what kind? No, that's kind of all all that it said. Mm, gotcha. Is that they Very were like this is the next frontier for like Precious resources, and we need to get ahead of it before anybody else does.
1: (laughs) Can we like stop doing that? Like, I know. (laughs) It's like, can
0: we just like leave it alone?
1: (laughs) Can we just leave something alone?
0: Yeah, let's not like start deep underwater mines.
1: (laughs) Like, not everything has to be taken and has to be manipulated and explored. Like, yeah. Some things can just be left
0: alone. So, yeah, that's kind of all I can find on that one. But I thought it was worth mentioning because I don't want to like downgrade the achievements of those scientists because obviously it's a very rare thing to be able to do. So,
1: And I mean, it's one of like four separate missions that have gone down there. So yeah, that it's not just like one in a hundred like that. It's very rare to to be able to go down there.
0: And just from like looking at pictures and stuff, and it is a three person manned submarine, which... So far, the other trips are either one or two people. So
1: three Somebody's people bigger. Yeah. is bigger
0: and that's like pretty impressive. So yeah. Yeah. But there's just not much information on it. And so that's my very unsatisfying end to my topic. I mean, pretty cool, though. Yeah. So, it's super like, interesting. Yeah. And like I said, I could do like a hundred different uh, side tangents on this topic because I just so really many.
1: thought you were going to bring up some some giant squid facts in here
0: i was i was keeping myself away from it because i was like <laughs> let's, just, let's just cover it in another time <laughs> um but what i always think is interesting about
1: giant squids and stuff and like how we know like i mean i, I think they found some of them but like even before that how you could see isn't it sperm whales that are the ones that like go super far down there uh, i yeah, sure... I think
0: that giant squids eat sperm
1: whales they like attack like they get into fights because they have that's like, like one of the only giant... ways we you know about yeah like they have yeah. these giant sucker cups on them which is wild mm-hmm. that it's also crazy that they go down there did you know that they're la- the loudest animal in the world
0: I did not know that there you go are we just gonna start doing animal facts now
1: yeah what's an animal <laughs> fact that you know
0: uh <laughs> 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 I'm blanking. All I can think of are pug facts because I'm like looking at a pug right now. But lame pugs were, pugs were bred like their wrinkles in their forehead were bred to do the Chinese symbol for the for uh the word for prince.
1: How the fuck would they have done that?
0: Like ju- I don't know. Like- that's what they like. That's what the intention was was that their foreheads would have the wrinkles that would be in the pattern for the chinese symbol for prince. I'm sorry. Because... I don't believe that. I I do not believe that. How <laughs> how I
1: don't believe that. How did they How did they breed dogs to have special wrinkles in their foreheads?
0: I think that was s- their intention. I'm not letter. saying they were successful at it. <laughs>
1: well, here's another animal fact for you. Drafts have no vocal cords.
0: Uh Let me try to think of another one. Let me let me try to think of one off the top of my head. I just got a lot. I'm sure I have them somewhere. I just can't think of them. You probably do, and you're
1: just not thinking of them. Anyway, this has gone on a long time because we keep getting distracted.
0: Hey, ain't that the name of the show? (laughs) (laughs) Hey, ain't that the
1: name of the show, kid? (laughs) Hey there.
0: (laughs) Oh man, it's getting late. (laughs) Yeah, it is. I'm exhausted so All right, let's go into our top threes okay do you want to start sure my number one i've been rewatching bob's burgers because what is life without new episodes of bob's burgers but they are coming Literally. back very yeah. soon um, but it, yeah it? you october, did just tell me that october 1st maybe there's new episodes of bob's burgers
1: yeah i don't know but i know you did tell me that that they were coming back soon because they were episodes that were already completed before the strike started
0: Yep. New episodes of Bob's Burgers, October 1st. I think what I have read was that they did 17 episodes before the writer's strike started. So uh, they're going to air those episodes. And if there's no contract reached by the end of that, then that's going to be like the end of the season. But they're hoping that a deal will be struck before those 17 episodes air. And then they can continue with the season as normal.
1: Yeah, I freaking hope so. They... It's it's been ridiculous that there. I'm already
0: struggling without new TV to watch. (laughs) Yeah, it's crazy.
1: I mean, it's it's crazy on behalf of the big.
0: um, What do they call them? Just pay your goddamn writers and literally and actors what they deserve and have fair contracts with them that reflect the times of streaming. For the love of God, (laughs) like there's enough money in the entertainment industry. That you can treat people properly. Just do it. It's really not hard. Yeah. And that's a career that is 100% just raw talent. So just pay people what they're worth. Just for the love of God. I need television. (laughs) (laughs) At the end of the day, we need TV. (laughs) I need entertainment. I cannot just sit here with my thoughts, please. (laughs) 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 All right, so what do you got going on? So...
1: I always take this first bullet, this first one to talk about the book I'm reading. So I started One Dark Window, which I told you about Mm because I was debating which book to read next. And this one is about like, I really went into it blind. So I don't know how much I want to like give away because I, it's, it's like very interesting. It's like very gothic, like atmospheric, like I'm not going to say horror, but it's like a very like, dark magic kind of book you Mm. know is it creepy um I don't think it's creepy like I haven't been creeped out by anything Mm. but I I could see how it like would be like I could see how it would be creepy because like it's about like monsters and like magic and like
0: oh the
1: magic system's really cool in it so I'm really enjoying it I'm I think like 65 percent through and I Thought I was going to finish it tonight. I told myself that I was going to finish it tonight. And then all of tonight, basically, I've
0: just been watching TikToks. So, didn't do that. So, <laughs> or the music video awards. Yeah, that too. All right. So, my number two is that I went to Walmart recently and I like don't go to Walmart very often, but I found nail stickers that are like Halloween themed at cute. Walmart and they're by Dashing Diva. I'll show you them on the screen. Oh my God, cute. But yeah, Wait, I, got two, I love the little cat ones. Yeah, I got two packs. One is like mostly pumpkins and ghosts. And then the other one is um, it's like cats and bats and like little stars and moons and stuff. It's freaking bats.
1: I love Halloween. Yeah.
0: And so I'm excited to use those to give myself a cute little like spooky manicure.
1: I love that. When are you officially going to be like in the mood to do that? Like to do a spooky manicure?
0: The reason I got two packs is because I feel like the pumpkins I could do, like, now. Yeah. And then, and it has a mixture of both, like, plain pumpkins and then jack-o'-lanterns. So I could do, like, pumpkins now. And then maybe my, when I do my manicures myself, they usually last about two weeks. So then maybe in two weeks, like, October 1st, then I would do a, I would probably switch to doing the bats and cats. Mm Mm-hmm. And then I would, for maybe the end of October, do the jack-o'-lanterns and ghosts. Yeah, and the ghosties. I like that idea. Yeah. And it has little candy corns, too. It's pretty cute. These are, like, very cute. And I feel like I don't see nail stickers in stores very often, so I was surprised to see that. So if you live near a Walmart and you want nail stickers, there you go. You got the hookup? There's some there.
1: (laughs) Okay, so for my next one, I read a princess... (laughs) What'd you read? (laughs) (laughs) What did I just say? I read a pretty interesting article this week um, called What Adults Forget About Friendships. It was on The Atlantic. And it was basically talking about like, so the little first intro says, just catching up can feel stale. Playing and wasting time together like kids do are how you make memories. And basically it was saying like how as adults we have these like such like Like, when we want to hang out with someone, we're like, hey, do you want to get dinner starting at, like, 7? And then it's, like, you have dinner, you chat, you catch up, talk for, like, an hour and a half, and then you go your separate ways. And it's, like, we don't have that, like, unlimited, like, unstructured, like, playtime anymore. And, like, Mm -hmm. that's, like, you create these deeper friendships by, like, just doing stuff together and, like, experiencing things as opposed to just, like, these structured moments that adults do. And... I just thought that was pretty interesting because it's it's I think it's like very true like when we were kids we made so many memories and just got to like play around however we wanted and we don't do that anymore but it also made the connection with like that's kind of how you are like with partners though in life like Mm. with with your romantic relationship like you do kind of had that unlimited like playtime together like you can play around together if you want and like be silly and stuff and like you don't have that structured time but like saying how we should kind of prioritize those moments with friends Mm -hmm.
0: and yeah i just thought that was interesting so did i have any suggestions like i don't know the first thing that popped into my head is like take trips together with your friends so that you have you know that unlimited time together
1: yeah honestly i can't remember because i read it actually like this past week and i was like i read it like right afterwards or right mm. after our last episode, so I'm trying to... I can't really remember, but I mean, that That sounds like a great one to me.
0: I think I saw someone on TikTok talking about this article or something, or maybe yeah, I read that article. Yeah, that's how oh, I found it. And I think I saw someone comment saying, like, the difference is when you're kids and you're, like, hanging out with friends, you make memories, but when you're an adult and you hang out with your friends, you're telling that you're talking about your memories rather than making them it's like if you're sitting down and having dinner all you're doing is like talking rather than like doing like goofy stuff and a lot of times you're just telling them about your day rather than doing your day together yep I agree okay so my third thing is that I've been reading our book club book and you should be too because it's very cute I'm really enjoying it so far and Whenever I'm reading a book, I like to have an ambiance video on YouTube in the background. And I always like to try to kind of make it match the vibes of my book. And so with this one, I've been switching back and forth between a, uh, I forget what I called it, like a, it's some kind of magical forest background that's oh, I really love cute. that. Yeah, and it has like forest sounds and then also like classical music. And then some there's in the book there's a coffee shop like a cute little coffee shop where basically like everyone in the town meets up to gossip and so I've that. also found some coffee shop background ambiance videos which honestly was kind of hard to find because what I was really looking for was one that had a little bit of jazz music in the background but also had like chatter and like, like some coffee just, shop like, white noises no- like
1: coffee shop white noise yeah
0: yeah so it had like this one that I found has like chatter, like people talking in the background, but it also has like the sound of like a coffee steamer and mm-hmm. like cups clanking together and stuff like that. So I thought that was like a really good one. I'll post links on our Instagram of the ambiance videos that I've been listening to in case you like also having those in the background while you're reading. I like that because I, I like
1: having those too. And I usually just go for like the raining and fireplace. Like those mm-hmm. are the
0: ones that I always do. So I like the different ones. I really pride myself on being able to find good ones that match the vibe of the book.
1: Nice. Yeah. So my last one is I found this app called Too Good To Go and I've used it twice now. So basically the concept of the app is restaurants will post that they have like these surprise bags and basically they're just like the leftover food that wasn't sold that day. And you get it for a super cheap price. So like today I got a bag of three bagels and this like other I don't want to call it a pastry but like a bakery item. I don't even know what mm-hmm. it was for two ninety-nine, dollars And I feel like usually like getting from like a place like that, like three bagels and that would probably be like 15 bucks or something. Yeah so it's they'd just probably like, be
0: at least like three to five dollars each. Exactly.
1: So it's just a way to like fight food waste because like these restaurants would just like throw out their leftovers anyway. And you just get cheap stuff. So it's called Too Good to Go. Check it out if it's in your city. It's a really big thing in New York. And I live in D.C. And it's been like, a, it's not like absolutely huge, but I've seen like, I think there's like 100 restaurants on there or something. So I mean, that's, wow. pretty, that's a decent amount.
0: Yeah. And for cheap, it's like, how picky can you be?
1: Exactly. I mean, I think I got like a poppy seed bagel, a, pre- a plain bagel, and a blueberry bagel.
0: I'm like, yeah, great. those are like good. Those aren't like weird flavors or anything. Yeah, those are great. Yeah.
1: And last week I got the best croissants. Like I got like five different pastries and this one was for like 3.99 and I got five pastries, so that was like a really good deal.
0: Wow. Nice. Yeah. Very cool. Well, I think that's enough distractions for this week. Make sure to follow us on Instagram and TikTok at the easily distracted pod for more content picks and updates. If you've been distracted by anything lately and you want us to do a deep dive on it, reach out to us on Instagram or TikTok or wherever and let us know. New episodes are posted every Thursday. And until then, stay distracted.